Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Winnie De Silva, based in the beautiful New York, which we just had a chat about. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, Winnie is leadership strategist and executive coach for her business, Winifred S. De Silva. Uh, for more than 20 years, Winnie has been a sought-after executive coach, 
leadership facilitator, team builder, and business consultant. Winnie's clients include C-suite leaders, top-level executives, and emerging leaders who are in the midst of transformational change, often launching or shaping new enterprises, businesses, or teams. Winnie works with her clients using three levers, uh, executive coaching, leadership development programs, creating effective teams. I love that. Earlier in her career, Winnie was a manager at Arthur Anderson Business Consulting and the National Director of Learning and Development at Bovis Lendlease. Winnie also hosts a podcast called Transformative Leadership Conversations with Winnie De Silva, where leaders share their stories of how they've overcome leadership challenges and what gives them continued wisdom to persevere through ongoing difficulties. Winnie received her bachelor's degree from uh, Valparaiso University, sorry if I haven't pronounced that correctly, and uh, holds her master's degree yeah, yeah. in social work from Columbia University. She lives in Harlem Brownstone with her husband and three daughters. Winnie, it's awesome to have you on. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jono, for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I can't wait uh, for this conversation. I, I have to admit, I enjoy chatting with leaders and I also love chatting with uh, coaches of leaders like with uh, a lot of the work you do because I'm always excited for what I can learn and I also know that leaders love listening to stories of other leaders but there's often stories that coaches uh, tell from working with clients sometimes you change the name and the location and the company and uh, but there's always really <laughs> interesting stories that you can uh, that you can pass on so first um, give our listeners a a window into the life of Winnie, I guess, uh, what your what a day in your life looks like right now, and just a little bit about uh, your work, even though I mentioned that a bit, and anything else you want to share about the life of Winnie right now? Yeah, um, I feel really, um, actually, every day, I always feel really happy and blessed and, you know, lucky that <clears throat> I get to sort of quote unquote, own my own life um, and decide what it is that I want to do. Um, sometimes that's intimidating because it's like, okay, we're, there's so many choices, but um, work for myself, uh, have been doing that for um, 16 years. Uh, so one of those lucky ones that started early <laughs> in, in thinking about working for myself. But as you mentioned, I've got um, three daughters um, at various ages, so almost 18, 14, and almost nine. So really different life stages. So that keeps me really busy physically and mentally <laughs> keeping up with all of them. Um, yeah. But, you know, really, <laughs> really have a great um, setup in that um, get to do what I love, um, you know, try to figure out how to organize my days so that I get to do a little bit of everything. What sort of drives me is learning and growing and doing new things, um, but still doing um, you know, becoming sort of an expert in the things that I, I currently do while also pushing myself to do new things. So day in the life is like, you know, doing the kid thing in the morning, getting everyone off to school, um, working while they're at school um, and beyond sometimes as well. Uh, and then what's really important to me is um, honestly cooking a really good meal for my kids, uh, sitting yeah. down at the dinner table and having some really um, important and interesting conversations, not just about their life, but about sort of the world, um, and what's going on in it. <laughs> so that's, mm. that's really important to, to, uh, to our family. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, I, I love the passion for food. I always say that my wife, uh, Liz and I, anywhere we go, anything we do is food centric, like all holidays <laughs> start location, but then the first thing we start looking at is restaurants and where we, uh, cafes where we can go and, <laughs> So I, I, I oh, get we would that. get along very well. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's always great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I could talk about food, but let's talk about, let's talk about you and about leadership. So, um, tell yeah. us to, for our, for our listeners, it'd be great for you to share some of your story, particularly those moments that really shaped you becoming who you are today, you know, as a leader and as, uh, an executive coach who works with leaders and supports and invests in leaders. Uh, feel free to go back as far as you want, you know, to childhood at, or, or thereabouts. What are some of those moments that really shaped you becoming who you are, Winnie? So um, thank you for asking that question. Um, I think that um, even as sort of a, a little girl, um, I was always curious about 
people who were different than me um, and always pursuing sort of, oh, that's interesting. Why is that? Um, and, you know, I have like a story that my mom always tells me when I was little and um, I just disappeared because I was searching out the neighborhood and I came back and I said, did you know that so-and-so lives there and this is kind of who they are and what they look like and <laughs> what they believe in and, um, and just <laughs> kind of that. in the suburbs of Chicago seeking out people that were different. <laughs> <laughs> um, which maybe led me to New York city. <laughs> yeah. true. Um, but, but yeah, so there was that, but, um, you know, I think from a career standpoint, um, I, you know, as you mentioned, I started out in social work, which, um, was interesting because as you noticed, noted in my bio, um, I then pivoted quite, you know, uh, interestingly, I think to business consulting, um, and I worked in their change management practice at Arthur Anderson actually until they died. But I started out as a training coordinator um, and then moved um, pretty quickly to training director. And then I was like, okay, I want to do consulting. And they're like, well, yeah. you can't because you don't have a master's degree in change management. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, but I've been doing social work, which is kind of change management on a different <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah. um, change management in the Bronx versus change management in you know the CEO suite. So um, yeah, so it was sort of interesting because I had this sort of drive and I had this sort of naive sort of um, mindset that I could do it and I would just have to learn it and figure it out. And I was able to actually convince them of that, which was sort of um, amazing. Had amazing um, mentors along the way that supported me uh, and said that they believed in me and thought that I could do it as well. But I think that was really a huge turning point for me, honestly, as working at Arthur Anderson, because, because of that ability to say, I can do this and I'm gonna convince people that I can. And, um, and I did yeah. that by you know kind of doing two different jobs. I was like, I'm going to do my training director job, but I'm also going to do a bunch of change management work on the side without officially being part of the team, without officially getting paid to do it. So by the time I like said, you know, can you interview me for this job? Um, you know, I was able to get in because I was doing all this other work on the side. What that taught me is not so much focused on what it is that I'm qualified to do, what, you know, what is, you know, the people around me think that I can do, but what do I want to do? And whatever it is that you want to do, like, go do it and figure it out. That doesn't mean that won't be hard work. It doesn't mean that you won't have to mm. go through some hoops or do some learning or, you know, um, get the right people behind you to be able to do that, but you can do it. Uh, and I think that really shapes the way that I approach leadership and people who are thinking about, taking that leap, taking those risks and, and figuring out who are they and doing that hard work to figure out what do they really want? Who do they really want to be? What does leadership mean to them? Yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's incredible. I love the, the story. Tell me uh, about the pivot. That's, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the moment? Was there, was there a moment where line in the sand where you went, oh, that's it. You know, I really think what I need to do is go and do um, business consulting instead of social work. Like that's a big pivot. How, what did that look like? Was there an aha moment? Was it a slow burn to make that shift? Or was there something that happened that really uh, sort of triggered that way you made that call? Yeah, it's, I'm glad you asked that. Um, and I talk to people a lot about this a lot. <clears throat> For me, I just did the old fashioned do a bunch of interviews and do a bunch of what I call informational interviews. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Most of us honestly don't know what we want to do until we start talking to people about what it is they do and really kind of get excited and understand the day-to-day -day of what that means and looks like. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was just interviewing people. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll be <laughs> like a recruiter. That could be interesting and fun. Because you don't yeah. really know the kinds of jobs that are out there, you no, know? No, no, you're right. So, yeah. And so I, um, I talked to somebody that I knew and she's like, you know, hey, I know a recruiter that you can talk to. And I just got super lucky because I talked to this recruiter and she's like, I have the perfect job for you. It's not recruiting. <laughs> it's this other thing. And she just got me in. Wow. And what was amazing was getting in at a sort of entry level kind of position, but at a company that had so much potential 
and so much room to grow. Mm. And again, that's something that I suggest to people, you know, who are more, more junior, um, just get in at a company that has a lot of potential and you can move up. So she assigned me and she was like, here, do this training coordinator job. I was like, okay, great. I mean, I was probably overly ambitious because honestly, <laughs> within like seven months, I was like, mm, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm ready to move <laughs> on to this other job. And, you know, my boss was like, uh, I think you need to give it a little bit more time. And I'm like, okay. So I did, but, but that was, it was like a pivot that I, um, worked hard to get to in terms of talking to a bunch of people and figuring out, but I wouldn't have been able to like identify that on my own. And that's why I think mm. relationships, um, and your network and who you talk to and keeping that fresh. And I tell my clients this a lot you have choices. There yeah. are so many things that you can do, but you won't know it until you start talking to people and understanding what's out there and telling people, um, I'm looking for something. I'm trying to figure this out. What do you think? Who should I talk to? And just organically build your network from there. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, you know, it brought, I, I love how you unpacked that story and what you said about find a great place that has a, a, a lot of room to move and get in there and mm -hmm. and see where it goes. I, I and sometimes I wonder if I'm being a little bit naive, but my advice to young people who are sort of really passionate and and often in that sort of 20s going I just I know I really want to make a difference in a lot of people's lives, but I haven't nailed down exactly what that looks like and and going yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And um and and my yeah. what I've said that's before right. um is, you know, pick Maybe tens a little bit. Tens uh, probably a good place to start, but pick ten organizations where you know for some reason, like there's a legitimate reason that organization and particularly that leader, uh, you know, somewhere locally mm -hmm. to you, is is a great leader and someone great to work for. And yes. and if in doubt, contact those ten people and ask for a coffee to ask their advice yes. about your career. And, and I'm like, you know what, I can't think of many better strategic decisions for a young leader to, to take than to do that because mm -hmm. you, I, I always, I've been shocked myself. I've been so shocked at who says yes, at who will give me their time and, um, and the most generous people and often the best leaders and the, they're, they're so willing to say, Oh wow, here's this person reaching out, wanting my yeah. advice. And you just sit down with them and you just bring a notebook and you say, I'd love your advice. This is what, this is who I am, what I'm doing. What would you do? Yes. Tell me. And you just ask questions. And I know it sounds simple. That's why I'm like, Oh, sometimes I worry. It's a bit naive, but I, I do look at it and I go, no, you almost can't go wrong as a young person if you did that. And I think the doors that open through those relationships and just coming in with humility is almost better than, than, um, 90% of other ways you can do it, particularly just adding your resume to a, to a pile. Yeah, no, I, I tell people to reach out to people on LinkedIn all the time and just yes. introduce yourself. I mean, if you, if it's a, if it's like a one, two, three connection, even better because it's a little bit warmer, but people want to talk about themselves. They're not shy. And if you say, Hey, can you talk to me for 20, 30 minutes about your career, how you got there, what mm -hmm. you love about what you do? 95% of the people are, are willing and, and wanting to, to help you and to, and to tell you. Um, and I think that's really important and, and actually going to go even further back than that. So my oldest daughter just applied to college. And so she's thinking about what she wants to do. And I kind of warn her and I say, you know, the last thing you want to do is jump into the, and not that she would do this anyway, but like sort of the, the lawyer, doctor, engineer kind of, you know, um, mm. uh, mindset because so many people jump into, oh, this is like an easy path because it's laid out rather than doing the hard work in your early, you know, teens, you know, in your early twenties to say, I'm going to explore. And I don't really know because what I've noticed with clients that I've worked with, um, people who have followed that quote unquote path, you yeah. know, when they're in their thirties, 35, like they're pretty unhappy because they didn't mm -hmm. figure it out and do the hard work early in their career to figure <laughs> out what do I really want to do? What do I really enjoy? Um, and so anyway, so there's, there's that aspect to it as well. 
Well, I think anyone who's listening who's in their uh, any stage of life and has been thinking about doing that, if you now go and contact someone, have a cup of coffee with them, Winnie's advice for 20 to 30 minutes is genius because that also takes a lot of pressure off and they know that someone's not going to just be <laughs> sitting there. And then, I, you know, you know, just saying, I only want 20 to 30 minutes of your time, but I'd love your advice on a call just to ask you or for a coffee. Then um, someone should go and do that and then let me know because I, I guarantee it's a, it's a door opener. Yeah. So that was great advice, Winnie. I want to ask you a bit of a different question that okay. I often ask uh, yep. guests because I get so excited thinking about the uh, the stories you must have of where you've gone in and helped. I love the word transformation. That's that's really key in uh, you know in what you do. What are some stories mm-hmm. that um, uh, it, or, you know anything that comes to mind that for some reason really sticks with you as a just one of those like really significant stories you've been able to be a part of helping a leader see transformation in their team, in their organization, in their personal mm-hmm. leadership? What what comes to mind? Well, I think one of the uh, ways that I work with um, executives, uh, if they're willing to go there. So, you know, people come to me with all kinds of um, challenges that they want to work through. <clears throat> Some of them are a little bit more obvious obvious and accessible and and sort of topical uh, around, hey, you know, I really want to manage the political landscape and, and, you know, kind of do some stakeholder management. That happens a lot at the most senior level to try to, you know, figure some of that out. Um, but depending on what their needs are or depending on how long I work with them, um, you know, what I really love getting into is um, what their uh, stories are that are tell- that they're telling themselves that might be holding them back. Um, And those stories might be what they tell themselves about themselves. It might be stories that they say that they tell themselves about other people or their situation and really unpacking what are those stories and how are those stories driving who you are and how you're showing up as a leader and what might be holding you back to be the leader, you know, that you want to be. And the reason that um, those things end up coming up is because the results that they're getting aren't the results they want or uh, and or the behavior that they notice about themselves, not the behavior that they really, you know, uh, are, are proud of or, or, or that they want to see in their life. Um, and those things might not necessarily be, um, oh, I'm I'm in conflict with somebody. It could be that um, it's a behavior that, hey, I'm not like showing up as confident and strong as I would like to be. Um, so those are some things that, um, that I like to work on with clients because those are the aha moments. That's when you really get into the deep, um, really perspective of where, where clients are coming from. I have an interesting story where I've worked with an executive, um, quite a while ago, but I ended up working with him for like two years straight. And, um, you know, he really started to impact you know, how is it that my family of origin started to influence the way Not that sure I show up as a leader? How come when I start working some... with people who are more? So one of the areas of um, big transformation that I notice with clients and just to kind of back up a little bit, clients need different things. So, you know, I meet them where they're at. Some people are very Um, I wouldn't say tactical, but like they have some specific things they need to work through, whether it's relationships. And I was mentioning earlier, um, you know, a lot of senior leaders are managing like the political landscape, stakeholder management. That's a lot of a lot of uh, that I work with. I didn't say this earlier, but, you know, having come from Arthur Anderson and done change management work, um, I sort of approach the coaching that I do. It's, um, you know, kind of a Uh, a dash of, you know, business consulting, I bring frameworks, I bring perspectives, you know, I'm not shy to, you know, give some guidance there, but also really focused on executive coaching, asking really good questions, um, creating ownership and empowerment with, with coach, the people that I coach so that they're kind of identifying their own issues um, and their own sort of um, what's holding them back. And speaking of holding them back, one of the techniques that I use, um, or I guess framework way of thinking, that I really find transformational is um, helping clients unpack what their stories are, the stories that they might tell about themselves, the stories that they might tell about 
that they think about the people around them or the kind of the quote unquote, the way things are. And I find that unpacking some of those stories really can get to the root cause of some of the results that they're getting that they're not happy with, or yeah. some of the behaviors that they notice in themselves that they're not happy with. And if you try to solve the results and the behaviors, but don't get to the core cause of some of those stories that are holding them back, um, you're not really making uh, a lasting change and a lasting difference. <clears throat> I always say that um, unless they start to notice changes in their personal life, the changes probably aren't really um, embedded and really aren't happening at a deeper level. So those are, so just briefly, that's kind of how I see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any like thoughts on that. <clears throat> well, one thing I was going to say, I love that approach around the stories you tell yourself because something uh, I've just started doing with with organizations, mm -hmm. working with um, with a group that, of consultants actually, uh, but mm -hmm. helping, helping them uh, identify the stories. That's why it brought the same thing to mind. Um, yeah. I, I'm working with them to identify the stories that their customers are telling themselves. And I oh, think interesting. It's a, yeah, it's a, because what I wanted to I, I help them really identify was, you know what, it's one thing to, you know, often we can feel like we're banging our head against a wall when mm -hmm. we're, we see the same issues uh, pop up time and again. And it can be helpful to step back, which is why I love what you're saying around actually doing this with leaders. But even with your clients or customers stepping back and going, okay, what is the story they're telling themselves yes. that is at the deeper root of this lack of education or a lack of there's something that the, the penny's not dropping in this area and people aren't changing. There's not true transformation or we, we're, we're finding there's a drop off in this particular area of our service. And if you can identify that story, then um, what I'm working with this group to do is actually tell a different story and, mm -hmm. and use your own stories to actually help change uh, those beliefs by identifying false, you know, there's usually a false belief in mm -hmm. the story, but I haven't actually thought of using it the way you're using it with leaders. And I love that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I noticed that with some of my clients, um, that they've discovered that they need to do some work with like a therapist, um, you know, based on some of the work that we've uncovered. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm doing that work with them. Um, but they realize that there's some other stuff that they need to sort of unpack and take care of. Um, because of the stories that we've we've identified that are potentially getting in their way of their day-to-day -day, um, ability to become, again, the leaders that they really want to become. So I think, again, that's like a real, a real sign to me that they're taking this work seriously and that they're really looking deep uh, in terms of understanding uh, how can they be the best leader that they can be and what's holding them back. Uh, and usually what's holding them back is something in their mind. <laughs> it's something in their mind that's holding them back. <laughs> so for listeners who this is brand new to them, or or maybe they've heard of it, or maybe they've done it like a lot of us, we've uh, dabbled in something like this and then gone, oh, actually, that was really good. I should, should stick, <laughs> I should have stuck with that and followed it through. But what, what, where would uh, someone start? I guess if they're initially trying to start a process like this, what might that look like if someone's going to go away and maybe just do a, a short exercise to start thinking like this, even about themselves before potentially engaging someone like yourself to help them yeah. with that? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes back to really thinking about, um, I think, am I getting the results that I want uh, from, you know, what I intend to accomplish or what I intend to do? Uh, with who I am as a leader. If you're not getting the results that you want, there's some reflection on, you know, is, is you know, what am I doing? Like what, what kind of responsibility or ownership can I take over those results? Um, and if you think about, well, you know, my behavior, I'm not as, you know, I'm, I'm kind of showing up as, um, you know, I'm, I'm holding back from being as strong as I could be. I'm not communicating as strongly as I could be. Maybe I'm undermining people. Maybe there's some real negative behaviors that are are surfacing um, that might aren't maybe maybe aren't completely derailing you know everything, but are not 
really the kind of leadership behaviors that I want to cultivate uh, as I lead my team and as I bring my team together to, again, be the best that they can be. Because I really yeah. le see leadership as that. Um, you know, I think that people mm. think of leadership as I'm doing all this stuff um, and I'm really kind of in the spotlight, which in, I think, Western cultures, that that is sort of the dominating, you know, understanding of leadership. But I really think of leadership as how can you, um, first of all, probably if you're a senior leader, how can you lead leaders? And that's, I think, a slightly different skill than if you're just starting out and you've got like a couple of direct reports. So there's yeah. that. Um, True. But I also think when you're um, leading people kind of at any level, the idea is how can I help these people be the best they can be, whether mm. they're leaders or they're just um, individual contributors even. So if you think of leadership like that, um, that takes, first of all, a lot of work. Uh, and second of all, it's a lot of work that people don't necessarily quote unquote see, or you don't quote unquote get credit for. My analogy is always those um, Ikea wooden pegs that you use to build furniture with. And if you're building something from Ikea and those wooden pegs are showing, you've done something wrong. <laughs> The furniture is probably going <laughs> to fall apart. <laughs> um, but if the window, if the wooden pegs are not showing, uh, what that means is you probably have done a good job, and the furniture is not going to fall apart. So leadership's kind of like that. You're not always <laughs> seeing um, the results of the of the good leadership and the time that a leader has spent with their people. I like so that. So anyway, going that's back great. to stories, what's that? <laughs> I like that the IKEA pegs. Uh, that, that's a good analogy. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean. Um, it's, it's, it's not there. In fact, if you could see things, that would probably mean it's, 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 the things are going to fall apart. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so going back to stories, I think that, um, you know, what you're doing with your people and, you know, and actually this really nicely, um, leads into one of my favorite topics around, um, leadership, which is feedback and uncovering blind spots. Um, you know, that's when we actually really uncover some stories that might need to um, be reshaped or might need to be uh, focused somewhere else. Or how do you reshape those stories is usually when we find out what our blind spots are. And the only way we find out what our blind spots are is by asking other people their perspective on us and how <laughs> we show up. <laughs> it's so simple, but that's re actually really profound. Um the only way to find out what our blind spots are is to ask other people what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And That's I think the good. more senior you get as a leader, the harder it is for people to be honest with you, which only means that you have to do a better job of getting people to be safe and comfortable giving you that yes. feedback. That's up to you. <laughs> That's so true. And it's funny, isn't it? Because it's... um. It's one of those things where <laughs> when you're starting out, you're getting, sometimes you, you're getting too much feedback. It's like, yeah, please, right. <laughs> please, can everyone stop telling me everything I'm doing wrong? And then, but you're right, the higher, the higher you travel, the more, pe the more without, if you're not intentional about it, people mm -hmm. are going to tell you what you want to hear because you're having mm -hmm. more and more influence and mm -hmm. they're, they're looking to see if you like what you're hearing rather than when you're starting out, which is people are looking to see if you can just get the results they want you to get. And um, I've never right. thought about it that way, but it's it's so true. So actually the chance of having blind spots in some ways would go up the more senior you are in leadership. Yes, yes. I mean, it's interesting because you're more, you're, you're usually a more skilled leader. Yes. Um, so there's that. Uh, and, but again, um, <clears throat> usually the things that derail leaders isn't their technical skills. It's not their IQ. It's not how good at the quote unquote good they are at their job. It's usually the people stuff. And yeah. we all know that the people stuff is the hardest stuff, uh, the hardest skills. And so the more senior you get, <clears throat> yeah, you're really good at a lot of things, but um, you know, you're still working with people uh, and the higher up you get, you're working with more sophisticated really good people. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes those people are even harder to lead and, and to challenge <laughs> yeah. and, you know, your stuff is going to show up. Um, and it does, and everyone has their perspective. That's the other thing about feedback is that mm. it's not like it's necessarily factual. It's not necessarily black and white. You know, yeah. you've got one person 
whatever's happening is not, you know, there's, you're not gelling or you're, you know, you're triggering that person or, you know, that relationship is, isn't going as well as it could, or maybe everyone else it's going great. Mm. Well, it doesn't mean that you ignore that other person. And it doesn't mean that what you do with the other five people, yeah, that works, but with the other person, it doesn't. Well, mm. why not? Uh, and can you get behind that, uh, and make that relationship work, which might mean it might look different. That's great. So for a listener who is madly scribbling notes because they're <laughs> having, you know, a big aha moment about blind spots and feedback and thinking, you know, as you do as a leader, sometimes you think over some of those things that have blown up or that haven't gone well and you think, mm, okay, maybe I do have some blind spots that I, some new or some new blind spots that I need to <laughs> take the time and the hard work. And the, what, what advice would you give them on feedback in terms of a senior leader people are telling them what they want to hear. What are some basic things that they can put in place to get quality uh, feedback? And and yeah, the process around doing that, what would you suggest, Winnie? Yeah, good. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, so there's there's a bunch of things, but if I had to come up with like the three top uh, um, approaches that a leader should take when it comes to hey, you really are interested in uncovering blind spots and, and what should you do? I would say three things. Um, one <clears throat> is you really absolutely, number one, have to make people feel safe. How do you make people feel safe in giving you that feedback? And there's a bunch of ways to do that. I'll give you a couple of suggestions or, or, or examples. So one is, um, you know, talking about what you want to get feedback on. So throwing something out there to say, you know, I already know this is a blind spot or this is not blind spot. This is something that I know I need to work on. You can give me feedback on this. Mm. Uh, and that way it's like an entry point to say, oh, okay, they're actually throwing something out that's real, you know, not just like a, a fake thing. Um, yeah. Okay, I can give feedback on that. Um, so that's, that's just one example, but making really people feel safe. I'd say the second thing that follows after that is constantly asking them for feedback, right? Making it a routine <laughs> request. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like, oh, well, I asked them and they didn't give any feedback. Oh, well. Um, and then again, that's part of safety because the more you ask uh, and, and you can say, I'm not going to give up, I really do want your feedback. Um, and then the last thing, which kind of goes along with it too, is set it up before you need the feedback. Right. And so assuming you're having one on one conversations with your direct reports and with other folks, which you should be, <laughs> by the way, uh, even if it's 30 minutes every other week, tell that person, maybe you don't have feedback for me right now, but I want you to know that I'm going to be asking you for feedback every time we meet. Um, so I want you to be thinking about it. Um, and this is a great thing uh, to uh, this. is This is something I want to set up so that when it happens, we've already gotten sort of this habit uh, mm. and this cadence of me asking you. So you're already kind of setting it up so that even if they don't have anything right now, um, that again, you're making it safe for when it does happen, they, they can give you feedback. That's great. And it, it is about making it part of, and this is the thing for leaders. Sorry, I, I really, uh, there are a lot of leaders who want a feedback culture. They mm -hmm. want a high performance culture. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing they can do to really, if they really authentically want to see that across their organization, and if they are, particularly if they're the CEO and the point leader, is to model it and to actually, and and the the story that comes to mind is a Patrick Lencioni story he tells in one of his mm -hmm. books around this leader who, uh, you know, was doing the right thing, prompted, I think he was working with uh, with Pat, got people to... Uh, got his executive team to do uh, some feedback, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, Pat talks about the story how he was in the room with them when they decided to unpack it. And, uh -huh. But the way the leader did it, without once again, just in terms of personality type, the things that made him a great leader in some ways in this moment were really, <laughs> really weren't, wasn't helping him because what he did is he was like, okay, I've got this in front of me. The first thing is, uh, so some of you don't think that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm uh, following through in this particular area well enough. 
Uh, right. So tell me about that. And these these people oh. who had written this anonym, anonymously, you know, yeah. to try to facilitate it, all sheepishly went, well, oh, you know, people are crossing their heads. And and uh, he does this for a few points and everyone, and he's like, oh, okay, and keeps going. Anyway, Pat talks about how he like uh, was in one of these rolling chairs, you know, with the wheels uh, uh-huh. and and he was in the corner and he sort of did that awkward sort of shuffle, like moved forward with his chair and brought it up to the table and was like, uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, you know, you do realize that this, the page he's reading from, there's no one else. It came from, <laughs> it came from you. Yeah. So he he had to get in there. And I love that story because it's like the leader was so close to having a breakthrough in that moment. Which we, and and so they he ended up helping them facilitate that. But what that leader needed was to create exactly what you said: create the safe space. He, he, mm-hmm. Like that leader had gone so far to get the feedback, but the way they were facilitating it to actually then have a discussion around it turned the safety off again, and people then didn't right. feel comfortable. And I think we just, we need to be so intentional and potentially bring in external people, exactly what you said before about the blind spot and say, help me, tell me where, like, if I'm not hearing something, can you help me work out what am I doing to, or even facilitate a conversation like that in a team, which isn't easy, but that's where the gold is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say two, two more things about that. One is, um, one of the things that I, so I have like um, a workshop that I, I teach, one about how to give feedback, but the other one is how to ask for feedback. Uh, and in both of those, the focus is on <clears throat> what's the behavior. So instead of using kind of a quote unquote label, like, you know, you, um, you don't, you're not a good communicator, well, what the heck does that mean? And how am I supposed to change that? I have no idea. But if you tell me, um, you know, I notice that when you, um, and this might not be a a senior leader kind of uh, an issue, but I notice that when you communicate, um, you look down, right? Or you don't project your voice. Okay, those are two things that I can actually change. Now I know what that (laughs) is. But the second piece is the impact, right? I may even not have a blind spot around the fact that I do that, but my blind spot is around the fact that people just are maybe disengaged or they're almost like anxious for me because I'm looking down and I'm not projecting. Mm. Oh, I didn't realize that the impact was making other people uncomfortable or other people <laughs> feeling like I didn't have authority in what I was saying. So that's that's where the blind spot is. Now it's interesting because part of the work that I do when I do team development work is I ask for feedback on the team leader. Uh, mm. And when I do these interviews, I interview people for each team member for an hour. I put together this whole report. But part of that report is what everyone said about the team leader. I ask them to rate the team leader on a you know on a scale of zero to five. And then I ask what are they doing well? What could they be doing better to make the team more effective? Yeah. And all of that data is right there in the report. And I tell it's completely transparent. I tell everybody on the team. Yeah. When I did this recently with the CEO um, and his team. Just the fact of me, you know, and him obviously agreeing to put that out there and it be completely raw data that everyone said, the credibility of the CEO went way up. Yeah. People were like, I can't believe that, like, first of all, I mean, I told them I would, but like, you know, (laughs) I wrote down everything they told me and there it was in black and white. And they even said, you know, wow, seeing it in black and white almost feels a little bit harsh. (laughs) <laughs> but the CEO was like, you know what? There it is. And, you know, I may not agree with all of it, but I, he- I hear you and, um, you know, I'm willing to, to hear you and I'm willing to work on it. And that was powerful. And the thing I love about that is if you're in, if you want to be a great senior leader, like you mm-hmm. said, it gets the levels you go up. One of the challenges that's, that, that's, uh, you might not necessarily think of as a, as a challenge initially, but you're leading, uh, people who they've gotten into those roles because they're obviously very skilled. They're probably they're, they're yeah. probably quite good with people. They're often fantastic individual contributors or people managers in a different area. That's why they're now on your team. But yes. the greatest leaders are able to lead people who are even better than them. Yes, like that that's the and the thing I love about your process that you described there is I feel like at some point as a leader you just have to, you know, it's that whole, I'm not threatened by other people, but 
some of us can say that, but then, wow, it is hard when you're looking at someone and going, you know what, I'm, I, I, how do I lead them really well? And if I'm honest, say they're probably like any, even they're smarter than me. They're be- yeah. they're better than yeah. me at those things. And to completely let your guard down. And what better way to do that than to do this process, high trust, really let your guard down. And the thing I love about that is I truly believe if you can do that, not only will it help you lead people who are even smarter than you and better than you, which is what you want, but yes. it's also, I think, I think it's the key to keeping those people because if, if you're one of those people, what, like what people want is they want a leader who's not threatened at all, who goes, yeah. I'm here to help you. Like I'm here to support and serve you and take mm-hmm. you to astronomical levels of success mm. in what you're doing. And I know anything I'm doing that's not helping that is getting in the way. That's a leader I want to work with. And the problem is that if you hold stuff back, because it's hard and painful to do a mm-hmm. process like this, you will end up losing your best people. They'll hit a ceiling. Yes. yes. And you have to, even if you can't set the ceiling at how smart, like even if you go, I'm probably not as smart as that person, at least set the ceiling in vulnerability and set the ceiling mm-hmm. in high trust. And if you can create that really high ceiling, then you can keep amazingly talented people with you. Um, and, and and that's that's why I just, well, I can't even say how much I love that sort of process you just articulated. That's If teams were doing that, that would solve so many. It would. Just that one <laughs> process for any teams out there is, it's not easy, but it's, it would be a game changer. I think I I totally agree with you. It is so powerful. And I think you're absolutely right. It can be a game changer. And and kind of going back to kind of the leader themselves is it's this weird combination of can you be really comfortable in your own skin and who you are, good and bad, Mm -hmm. and also be willing to change and also be willing to hear the hard stuff and figure out where should I pivot? You know, what, what, what would be, what would have a big impact if I, if I listened to X and, and made that change. And I think that's like, that's not a, that's not an easy balance to strike, you know, really being confident and comfortable with who you are and being willing to change. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a very, uh, and you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about that, it's about really, it's like, it's like vision, uh, versus strategy. It's like, um, you know, you how you marry you marry the vision but you date the strategy it's like that it's a <laughs> bit that. like that as a leader like you need to marry the values of and and authentically being who you are but but yeah. in terms of how you do what you do um date that you know let, feel free yeah. to to and and that's not easy and but i know for me one of the big revelations i've had in the past couple of years yeah. has just been and it might sound silly but it's been realizing you know what, some of the things that I'm almost, I'm strongest in, I can get wrong. Yeah, yeah. And and they're the hard ones. When I'm weak at something, sure, someone else suggests something, I'm like, well, you know, you're already ahead of me. That's great. That's right. But when I'm strong in something, that's the, they're the areas that I find I jump, I jump the gun. Someone suggests something, I'm like, no, 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 I've got, I've got this. And that for me has been that sort of I feel like I feel like that's I feel like that's the sort of space I'm going. Ah, this is what it feels like to to be able to say at the same time. It's a bit of a tension, isn't it? It's like I feel yeah. like yes, this is something I'm strong in, and I know I know from experience I can get this wrong, and so yeah. I want to have wise counsel. I want to listen to to those around me, even if even if in this area they're not necessarily as strong as me. That's where I need to stop and listen and actually intentionally take it on board and not just not just power on because it's something that uh, that I feel like I'm in my sweet spot even. No, I think you brought up two really good things. One is um you know usually our strengths uh because we're because there are strengths or we're we're comfortable with them or we've always had them around, we over index on them or we use them in in places uh or ways that don't work or maybe even inappropriate. Uh, and so a lot of times that's sort of a weakness that can show up is, you know, is in our strengths, but used in a way that's not, that's not a strength. But the other thing that you said, which I think is absolutely true, is really having the wisdom to choose which um, feedback is really important that I need to take yeah. action on. 
Um, you know, I coached um, someone. In fact, I'm, I'm just now finishing up coaching with him, but I've coached him for like two years and now he's retiring. It's the first time I've actually coached someone who's retiring, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But he got feedback early on as, in his 360, something about like his accent, like his accent is too something. And, you know, he just ignored that. <laughs> He's like, that's not, I mean, at this point, you know, I'm late <laughs> enough in my career. I've done really well. And it doesn't mean that that's not relevant. It's just that, you know, that's not something I'm going to tackle right now. Um, yeah. You know, this other stuff. Yeah, I'm going to tackle this. That's not relevant. So I think having that wisdom uh, as a leader to decide, you know, what's going to have the impact, what's really needed in terms mm. of the changes that I might need to make. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I love that. That's and that is wisdom, isn't it? Just uh, mm -hmm. to be able to actually say, "Hmm, that uh, it might be valid, but I'm actually not. I'm actually yeah. going to let that one go and tackle something else." That's right. Well, we could uh, we could keep talking uh, forever. I feel like, but um, I'd love to invite <laughs> you back for another episode, Winnie. My thought is maybe what we could do is another conversation down the track and really zero in on. Uh, one of these areas, because I know we've yeah. sort of touched on a couple of things, maybe feedback, we spent a bit more time today, but there might be something else where, you, where we can really drill down because I think listeners will will get so much out of it. So the invitation's there. Yeah, uh, we'll have that'd to do be great. That, but let's do Leadership Express. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. What, what is a book that you've gifted a lot to other people? Oh my gosh. And it's so funny because I'm so bad at remembering titles and I gave the two books that I'm thinking of away, <laughs> but it's Greg McEwen. Um, oh, yes. Uh, do you remember, what's the name of the book? That, Essentialism, Effortless. Essentialism. And what's the other one? Effortless. Yes. <laughs> I love those books. Um, yeah, me too. I thought, right? I, I feel like I got so many personal insights and it's weird because is that a leadership book? I guess it is, but it's really like a personal life book. Um, but it's so re relates to leadership. So those are two books that I've been giving away. In fact, I need to buy uh, some more copies because I gave away my last oh, two. Oh yeah. They're, they're probably in my top five. They're so, they're just, they're, they're rereadable as well. You know, like I listen, I, I listen, uh, listen to them on audio book. Uh, and I must've listened to the summary of effortless right at the end like uh -huh. uh, oh, 20 times, no exaggeration, taking notes. Oh, I, I think love I just, that. I wrote it down verbatim because he was just going through all these points and I was just, I just, you know, when you're like, I'll take notes, but then you write every word and you're like, well, that's not really notes. That's just, <laughs> just <laughs> writing I everything just you just bought, said. I bought, I should have just bought the paper book and highlighted those pages, but um, <laughs> it's, it's really good. So that is a wonderful recommendation. Okay. Any great podcasts you're listening to? We'll have to mention your podcast uh, now as well, so you Thank can you. throw that one in. But any others you're listening to as well? Any other sources you're really loving reading, watching, or listening to right now? Um, so, um, oh my gosh, the, the, uh, oh gosh, hold on. The, I'm so bad at remembering name. I mean, <laughs> coaching for leaders, you know, Dave, um, oh, yes. Uh, 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 can't remember how to say his name. This is terrible. No, it's on the tip of my tongue as well. I know. Sorry, Dave. Uh, anyway, coaching for leaders yes. is, uh, is a great podcast. Uh, I've actually talked to Dave personally when before, like a, maybe a whole year before I started my podcast, just because I reached out and I mean, he's so generous with his time. He totally, um, you know, we had like, I think even two conversations and he was Dave's so encouraging. Is it Dave, Dave's to or is to yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just so people know. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Keep going. And he, uh, anyway, he was so encouraging and I just love his whole, um, style. He's so, um, casual and yet so smart and, uh, you know, engaging and he really has some great, uh, people on his show. Uh, and I, and I love that. Uh, I, 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 that's a great show. So that that's a recommendation. And there's so many topics that he touches on. Yeah. Another podcast that I'd throw out there um, that a colleague of mine and uh, that she, that she's put together is called the inside job. And yep. it's she's really my go to person as it relates to uh, career coaching. She doesn't just do career coaching. She does executive coaching, too. But inside job is another amazing podcast um, for those of you who are thinking about you know, your career and, you know, the inside job idea is like what's in your head uh, and what's holding you back. So a little bit of mindset stuff too. Oh, I love it. That's they're yeah. great recommendations. And for listeners, I'm going to get you to say it again, just because I like to, to put it out there. What's your podcast for people to tune into? Sure. It's transformation, uh, transformative leadership conversations with Winnie Da Silva. 
Love it. Uh, what is a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Oh, gosh. Well, it's interesting. One thing that keeps coming up uh, again and again, I just taught a uh, class yesterday all day with on-site, in-person, which was so much fun, <laughs> with a new client that I've started working with. And um, I was talking about um, situational leadership. I was talking about communication styles. I was talking about setting expectations. And the one thing that seemed that seemed to resonate with everybody, which I didn't, I just touched on a little bit, was asking good questions, asking open-ended questions. And I just feel like that is a gem and a thing to talk about with leaders that unpacks so many things. Like ask good questions. When you're in a meeting, you don't know what to say, ask good questions. You know, when you want to say something and you're you talk too much, ask a question instead. You don't talk enough ask a good question. <laughs> um, and so, so anyway, true. I just think asking good questions is like a leadership skill and we, that's overlooked. Uh, bonus, bonus question, uh, bonus question in the leadership express questions. What is a favorite question of yours to ask? Oh gosh. Tell me more. Tell <laughs> me more about that. Yeah. So, my, I like right? tell me more. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, super open-ended, like, you know, it, like that's what's so great about questions. They don't have to be brilliant yeah. because what you're doing is you're asking someone else to say more and you're getting underneath what they really mean, or you're just don't understand what they said at first. And asking that question really is opening and welcoming, um, yes. and also gives you a chance to respond in a more intelligent way. I, uh, I love asking people to unpack something. I find that, I don't know what it is about that, but someone will bring something up. They'll mention, oh, you know, and then that happened and I was really frustrated uh, for a while, but then, and they keep moving and I'll come back to that and say, uh, you mentioned you were frustrated by that. Unpack that. I don't know what it is about Ooh, that. I but love I, that. Yeah, I really like, there's something about getting someone to unpack it that I enjoy facilitates, like the people are like, oh, okay. And it, it gives them an interesting sort of, they then sort of start unpacking it. So that's one of my favorites. And then the other one, which is just because I love this topic, so you can probably tell, um, but asking people when you first meet them in a social setting, instead of saying, what do you do? Asking them, so how do you spend most of your time? I oh. can't remember where I came across that. Nice. But the thing I love about it is that this is what the person was saying is that as a question in a social setting, if they love their work, they'll tell you about work. But if they're yeah. really, if they're really, yeah. if they're really not enjoying that or they're in between jobs, um, you know, they'll talk about something else completely in their life. And well, it gives like, them the chance, oh. like you said, to talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another one that Ooh, I like a that. lot of people might not focus on that like me, but I like to walk into a, when I'm meeting someone new, um, <laughs> I like to sort of have a, have something where I feel like I can ask them that and it's, and it's helpful and yeah. maybe Cause that's it, just that me. question can go in a lot of different directions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? exactly. Which is fun. And they get to lead that. So, you know, wherever they're going, yeah. they're probably keen to chat about that. Um, okay. I should move on to another one. What is a great piece of advice you've received about life or leadership? Um, I think that it is you have more choices than you think you have. Mm. So um, whether that's about a job, a career, how you spend your time doing yes. what you really want to do. I mean, I just feel like we're so um, rigid and stuck in what we think we have to do. And we really do have a lot more choice than we think. That's so good. I remember here, one of my favorite things I heard a while back that really stuck with me is this idea of the third option mm -hmm. and how often we're like, mm, is, it a, is it A or B? But I, I, I love asking people, uh, what is there a third option? Like what might be the third option here? Cause so often oh, we're sort I like of vacillating that. between two. Yeah. Which is the same sort of idea. So that's, that's great. Oh, this is so good. Okay. Let me keep going. Uh, I love this question. A movie or TV show that really impacted you. Hmm. Um, doesn't well, have to I, be serious. Yeah. Can just be no. something that you really, for some reason has really stuck with you. Well, I'm like a really, I really like um, science fiction and action movies. <laughs> yeah. And one of the movie, uh, one of the shows, oh gosh, I'm such a bad memory. One of the shows, um, oh, Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. Okay. So it's like, I think an Amazon um, yeah. 
series and it's about what if um we lost world war ii uh and sort of the nazis have um the east coast um the uh, pacific empire you know the japanese have the the west coast and in the middle is sort of this weird neutral zone yeah. it's such an interesting series because it includes history and what could have happened but then there's this whole sort of interesting sci-fi spiritual weird thing that happens kind of at the end or you know kind of towards the end of the series it's really fun i loved it okay that's so good. I love the I love the answers <laughs> I get to that question. Um, that's great. Uh, I'm definitely going to add that to my list because I, yeah. I do love sci-fi fantasy. Um, a quote you're particularly fond of for life or leadership. So I have come across this quote, uh, and it came out from um, one of the like um, trainers from the Apple Pod from the Apple Fitness <laughs> yeah. app, and he said, and I have it written down. Everything you want starts with a decision. So everything you want starts with a decision. I love that quote because it's like, what mm. do you really want? Decide you're going to do it and make it happen. Mm. And yeah, nothing, that really nothing just materializes. It's like everything you want starts with doing something, a decision yeah. in some direction, moving somewhere. Yeah, that's good. That's right. And so if you have clarity on what it is that you want, what decisions do you need to make to get there? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ooh, how, I like again, that. how you spend your time, you know, who you talk to, um, you know, setting, you know, sitting down and actually mapping it out, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, we kind of say, you know, what do I, you know, I really want this. But first of all, you have to be clear on what you want. And then what decision, you know, do you need to make to make it happen? I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's a lot of good in that. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's gold. I like it. Uh, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? I would say do the hard work to figure out what it is that you want to do and what you think you want to do now will change and evolve. It doesn't have to be perfect. That is fantastic advice and a wonderful way to sort of uh, land the episode today. So where can people find you, uh, Winnie, if they're listening, going, oh my goodness, I have to get in contact with Winnie and work with her and ask her questions <laughs> about this or that that she mentioned. It's like blowing my mind. Where can people uh, find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn um, under Winnie Da Silva. Um, they can also go to my website, um, www.winniedasilva.com. Um, and, um, they can email me at, uh, Winnie at Winifred.org. Excellent. Well, yeah. I want to thank, um, thank our listeners for tuning in. This is, I, I probably yeah. say this a lot, but honestly, this has been one of my favorites. I just have oh, so you. enjoyed this conversation with Winnie, uh, for the listeners. Don't forget. I also have the John O'White leadership podcast where I give you tips on how to cast vision and build teams and, uh, things about well-being and just all things leadership and the leadership question of the day, which is a new question every day to put a stone in your shoe and challenge you as a leader. Uh, so check those things out. But most of all, I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you uh, for your generosity. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think I have too much fun in these conversations. And today was <laughs> one of those days. It was just a delight. Um, I really okay. think if leaders could, you know, just take on board one of the many things you said today, it can be a game changer for them in their leadership. And that's what I, I loved most about today. Um, so, Winnie, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Jono. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. I, I, like you said, I think we could go on for a while. So thank you so much for um, inviting me on your show. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. 
We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership. And leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.